Fitness is your ability to cope with and recover from stress. And the best way to level up both your mental and your physical fitness is by making small but powerful changes to your daily habits and routines. With this podcast, I aim to bring you a combination of short educational solo casts and slightly longer conversations I've had with a wide variety of fascinating people. The goal? To help you develop a lifestyle which supports your mental and physical fitness and improves your overall quality of life. My name is Jay Unwin. Welcome to FitBody FitMind. Welcome back to Fit Body, Fit Mind. And today I have with me two times Guinness world record holder, former Royal Marine, former Team GB bobsleigh, and founder and head coach at Atlas Fitness Conditioning in East Grinstead, and recently inaugurated Skinhead. How are you doing today, Jim Galvin? <laughs> uh, the final part of the introduction was definitely my favourite. I'm very good, mate. I'm very good. Like most people in that situation with that bio, I'm, uh, I'm happy, healthy, but my head's cold. Yeah, I, that's the thing. Is I, I notice as well, obviously no one will be able to see this, but I can see you on the video link in your hat, which I notice on Instagram is is a common <laughs> uh, a common fashion accessory for you these days now that your hair has disappeared. Yeah, so true. It's so funny. So I, um, I kind of went down to like a number one or number two from fairly what I would like to have said, luscious blonde locks uh in an attempt to kind of challenge my ego and it hasn't worked because in everything i post i'm wearing a hat so it kind of <laughs> defeats the point really but but that is as much as uh, kind of health and and warmth as much as ego it's um i, I mean i had i had a plan for the qu- first question i was going to ask but you know plans change right um so i'm going to ask you know you said it was to do with it's you said it was to do with ego what what was the what was the reasoning behind shaving your head then uh, good question. So basically, it's it's kind of an interesting one. It's 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 slightly unconventional, but I just wanted to see how I would feel about myself and my own uh, feeling of security and my own feeling of self worth and my own level um, and kind of spectrum and paradigm of self esteem and whether or not that would change if I kind of instantly click of a finger looked very, very different Mm. um, and looked, in my opinion, kind of less conventionally desirable. I do not suit short hair and that's the thing. So it's not a fashion thing. So it's just an interesting uh, kind of experiment of my own mind to see whether or not I would would feel differently and whether or not that would develop uh, self-esteem in different ways and whether or not I would interact with people in different ways and whether or not... um, yeah, whether or not my my kind of my behaviour uh, would 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 change. So it's a bit of a weird one. It's a weird kind of stoic experiment. But I'm glad I've done it. But I'm I'm unlikely to do it again. Right. Okay. So was there something which uh, which kind of inspired you or or steered you towards doing that, or is it something that you'd read, something that you'd seen, which made you think about uh, those possible outcomes of a drastic change like that? Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's certain. Uh, not, not something other that I'd read with this specific kind of vehicle, as in shaving your head as, as a specific method, yep. but overall as an idea of doing something fairly radical that allows you to break, or forces you, I should say, to break out of a certain mold. Um, and there are a lot of lessons with that, and it can be quite... Uh, it can be quite like a nourishing exercise and the good thing about it is especially especially as a guy it can be as a man it's very very it's a very very severe change especially if you don't suit short hair as such and especially if you are attempting as I kind of am in the process towards the latter end of this year build building a personal brand online Uh, but the but one of the other kind of the grand lessons of the whole thing mate is that it's it's temporary yeah so it really is a reminder that life can suck and you can feel a bit silly and you and you won't think you're look particularly good but it just teaches you to be patient because that's the best thing about being a guy when you shave your head is that you know a couple of months later you're in exactly the same stage you were and your hair will grow back yeah it doesn't take a huge amount of time does it but yeah it's that it it, it's that lesson in how transient everything really is um that yeah that's it we um just before we started recording we were talking about rigid rules and uh things like that and it just goes to show that there is a huge amount of we try and impose these that this rigidity on uh on our environment and on our lives when in actual fact there's a lot of chaos and a lot of change i mean that (laughs) if anything this year has taught us that right there's there's a huge amount of change that is um that is going to happen and that is has the potential to happen uh and trying to 
keep everything the same all the time is not really going to pan out that well for anyone. Yeah, I think that's, mate, I think that's so well articulated. And one of my favorite expressions, both in fitness and in business and in any kind of ambition that you have, no plan survives first contact. And that is such like kind of the package of that statement, I think is so appropriate to so many things. And uh, and the people that, that, that do very well in life, both the people and the businesses, and not only successfully, not financially, but in terms of just maintaining a level of kind of inner peace and happiness, and not necessarily the ones with the best, best plans, the best ambition, the best talent. They're the people that can roll with the punches and still have a smile on their face and be willing to accept that change is going to happen and you know, think they, they're going to be redirected and, and actually be able to, to be emotionally okay with that as opposed to thinking that their thousand step plan to become president is going to go to, is, is, is going to go exactly the way they want it to, which is never going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I get the feeling that I, it, it sounds like a military phrase. Is that a military phrase? Um, obviously, I was in the military. It was not a phrase I learned in the military. It was a phrase that I learned since uh, being in the military, and I can't remember. I can't remember when and where. That's yeah. funny. Who knows? It's, it's Who knows? Something... I've, I've absolutely no idea. But I think I heard it recently. It's something about the 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 kind of surviving first contact thing. I'm going to have to look that up because I'm sure I've seen it in I've seen it in movies. That's about as close to military service as I've ever got. Um, the, <laughs> but it's it's true. And one of the I mean, if we wanted to go down the route of something that I'm much more familiar with as uh, as a lifelong civilian, and that's uh, I, I used to be a science teacher. And I'll tell you what, that was. That that was scary at times and there was conflict but maybe not in the same way um but the the thing about fitness let's use the word fitness people talk about survival of the fittest and people talk about evolution using that term fitness right and not everyone draws the parallel between the fitness that we kind of experience in our everyday lives or the way we we perceive fitness uh, in a in a modern sense they don't think of survival of the fittest. They don't think of Charles Darwin and origin of species and all of that stuff. However, when you look at what Charles Darwin meant by survival of the fittest, when people think it means the strongest um, and the toughest and all of this, those are the ones that are going to survive. It doesn't. What that, what the whole concept of evolution, the whole concept of natural selection is, is survival of those most adaptable to change. That is the concept mm. of natural selection and so when Charles Darwin talks about fitness even when he was talking about fitness in the 1800s he was talking about he was talking about adaptability he was talking about how you can if your circumstances change if the environment around a species changes the species which will survive is the one which can adapt to that change and so fitness in a modern sense is very much about adaptability at least the way I see it yeah, I think I think that's true, and that uh, kind of that's consistent with, um, you know, the absolutely meteoric growth of CrossFit and functional yeah. fitness as a whole, and this and this this uh, kind of the shared objective of of becoming the best, kind of in, invert, in, in inverted commas, the best all round athlete, or yes. you know, re- re- constant readiness, readiness for anything, and it is that uh, you know that that's that seems to be the plan, that seems to be the objective and the goal. They want to be prepped for anything that either uh, a workout or life will throw at them and it, it the, 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 there seem to be a lot of parallels there and so does that kind of time with your own personal philosophy around fitness as well like what kind of how does how does fitness show up uh in in your life and what does it mean to you and how does that fit in with the philosophy that you you take into your coaching um in regards to the specific kind of direction or methodology of training, as an example, it is very functional fitness based. So yep. um, my um, my company, we are not a CrossFit affiliate, but we are we would say we are functional fitness in in kind of again in kind of the same objective of creating a, a you know developing an all round level of of competency across all things. So you want to develop your strength, but you also want to develop a level of endurance. You want to uh, develop speed, power, kind of mobility. Um, so kind of similar along the, the uh, along those objective lines. But f- for us specifically at Atlas, we have um, a massive focus on community as CrossFit does. Yeah. And also on the process of, uh, of kind of developing 
an ability to be a little bit more okay with being uncomfortable and the kind of that that mindset so the social side of things and the mindset behind training are two of the the atlas paradigms that we that we really push in everybody and it seems to be something that when if people get hold of that and kind of you know grab the horns of that mantra and that that approach to training and approach to life it really does transcend that of just their workout time if they train with us on a monday wednesday night it's not just that they get stuck into it on a monday wednesday night you really do see a difference in the way that they they approach life you know they might be 50 and the la- and the last time that they went through this process of thinking there's no chance I'm ever going to be able to do that to having someone sitting on their shoulder nurturing but giving them a bit of tough love to yes you can do this and then yeah. they, and then they actually achieve it and they thought I've just done something I genuinely believed I would never be able to do I wonder what else I've spent my life believing I can't do that I actually can Boom. As soon as somebody gets to that stage and they start asking themselves that question, it's game changing, not just for fitness, but for life. So to kind of answer your question in terms of what is my, um, or, or mine or Atlas's kind of overall approach and philosophy to fitness, it is, it is just that. Develop those kind of virtuous qualities and that transcendent mindset. And if you, in, in a gym, it just happens to be a great place to do that, but it isn't just limited to the gym. It is, uh, it, it kind of it, it spreads out through every area of life and that's an amazing change to see it is fantastic to see that in in people and it's something that kind of it's it is phenomenal when you see transformations um and I, I don't mean necessarily physical transformations but like you talk about that kind of that mental transformation where someone someone's self-limiting beliefs start dissolving in front of their eyes mm. and um to, yeah. to dive into a couple of things that you said there i mean you're talking about the social aspect being um one part of uh, one big part of the philosophy of of how you do things and a lot of people a lot of people don't really like gyms um, or what they think of when they think of a gym uh, because it seems very unfriendly it seems very um, kind of overbearing and intimidating in a lot of ways for people who who aren't you know who aren't into the gym some people love the gym um, you from what you've described about what you do at Atlas it sounds very much like that's not the case it's not a kind of you go in um, everyone's doing their own thing people are kind of a bit you know, judgmental of a newbie and stuff like that. Is that something, it's something that you've nurtured from the start or is it something that's kind of happened organically that it's more of a friendly place? Um, it's something that we nurtured from the start because it was always part of the plan. We were fully aware that the beast that we had to wrestle with, mate, is the fact that people uh, find that, that there's there's a couple of different responses to, in inverted commas, exercise that some people struggle with. One of them is boredom. One of them is... Um, intimidation one of them is overwhelm one of them is just absolute panic yeah. uh, confusion so all, all of the all of these kind of these uh, these pain points are things that you need to wrestle with but fear and intimidation is a, a, a kind of a, a really up there so I you know we knew that when we went in and that's something that we wanted to wrestle with and one of the amazing things about community-based exercises when you start it is the job of the team and the coaches to to kind of to really emphasize that and live out those qualities yeah. and, and lo and behold it took about two years i mean we've been established for, for six now it took about two or three years for uh, a lot of our clients to start living by these same values realizing that newbies would be scared going up to these newbies and kind of waving at them shaking their hands when you know when that was allowed uh, I, I saying hello introducing hands. themselves yeah i remember shaking hands yeah back in the, i still saw that in a museum once <laughs> uh you know welcoming them in making sure they feel okay introducing them to a couple of other members so this is stuff that the coaches used to do but once you create that environment lo and behold two years later all of the members do that so it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy so yeah. the it's almost like that culture exists beyond that of just the coaching staff anymore and that's when you're onto an absolute winner because people have to live by that culture they have have to be welcoming non-judgmental accepting uh you know professional but not formal and all these kind of these qualities that we like to, to 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 live by we knew that we would have to do that to really offer the people the solutions that we wanted to and luckily you know a lot of our amazing members kind of you know almost do that for us now i think there's a lot more gyms uh, and training facilities that are following a similar blueprint than there ever have been before i think that there's it, 
there's still a long way to go and I think more places could do well to be built on a foundation of that kind of acceptance um, but I definitely feel that there's more now than there were perhaps 10 years ago do you see like if you if you look around the country uh, whether that was kind of in real life travel in the past or whether it was uh, whether it's now through kind of networking online with other uh, gym and facility owners do you see that there are more of these kind of places becoming available to people you know gyms for people who don't like gyms uh yeah absolutely and and what's really interesting is i wonder why and for me i'm i i have my theories on why and one of them is that even though we are you know last couple of weeks ago and i said something kind of similar and even though we are absolutely blessed to live in a in a technological age now where you and me are able to sit in different parts of the country and have this conversation and hopefully create some you know collaborate and create something that's worth sharing and a message that could uh you know educate entertain or empower someone at the same time one of the things that this technology does and one of the things that this level of hyper connectivity in life does is it actually makes a lot of people feel very very disconnected so we have this i believe this neurological this chemical hardwiring um to want to be around other human beings and we think that things like whatsapp and skype and zoom can replace that and they can it's kind of a band-aid but it doesn't really yeah. satisfy or nourish that proper need we need to be around other people mate we are flipping pack animals yeah, and absolutely and i think that's and we know that we need to do more now than ever before to look after our body and our health because we don't have to walk to work we don't work in factories or mines you know life is a lot more physiologically easy so we, that means we actually have to exercise has to be deliberate it's not just a an accidental kind of you know side effect of living life so you combine those two things we know we need to do something for our body we have this hard wiring to be social and then we combine those two um solutions in one package and i think that's why group exercises has just absolutely exploded probably over the last 10 years i 100 percent agree with what you're saying about the 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 social aspect of life being uh, reduced somewhat because we are like it's it's not just I i think this year has has really made people more aware of it because we haven't got the choice anymore or at least we've got a lot less choice than we had in the past um, and as soon as something is taken away or the option of something is taken away you become painfully aware of that when perhaps you weren't before mm. but I think in the lead up to this year um, you talk about the kind of whatsapp and video calling and things like that being a band-aid but also it's like a it's it's almost like a distraction or a surrogate where even before this year when we've like you know we're lucky to have this ability to still connect as you said but people went oh I don't need to even pick up the phone because I can message and then prior to that it was well I don't need to see people in person because I can pick up the phone and you can go back and Mm. the, the further you go back the you can start seeing that curve happening decades ago where face to face interaction started reducing and for for a long time it didn't have a massively detrimental effect but now we're at a point where face-to-face contact is so limited even before you know social distancing and the pandemic and everything and it's um it plays havoc with people's well-being on a on a mental level on an emotional level and on a physical level to a degree Mm -hmm. because where you could get up and walk around to a friend's house but you don't because you just sat on your ass on the sofa. And that's just yet another way of another way that, that physical activity has been removed from our everyday lives because of this level of convenience, which has which is only increasing, right? This convenience, whether it's convenience food, convenience everything, Amazon Prime, everything you want gets delivered to your door. And I think all, the other thing that that does is it, it um, people aren't patient anyway. We're evolutionary, evolutionarily, I don't know, <laughs> from an evolutionary perspective, we are hardwired. I, I yeah, I'm not going to edit that out. Um, <laughs> from an evolutionary perspective, <laughs> we are hardwired for impatience because often uh, if you go back far enough, if, it's something I talk about a lot. So people who've listened to other episodes will probably have heard me say this before. We're, what what gave us an immediate reward 300,000 years ago on as we were coming down out of the trees onto the plains of Africa 
what gave us an immediate reward then improved our chances of survival. So we have lots of food available in front of us. It's eat as much as you can, store as much fat as you can, because you don't know when you're going to get another meal. And it's it's things like mm-hmm. survival and reproduction. And, and those those immediate rewards helped us survive. Now, we haven't changed much from a from a psychological or brain perspective, neurological perspective in about thirty to fifty thousand years, and yet our environment is so so different. And now everything which serves us in the short term doesn't serve us in the long term. And we've got this kind of battle going on where people are trying to. They go, "I want this long term, but I can't seem to stop these short term behaviours." It's because like one part of your brain is almost warring with another part because of this level of convenience that we're so used to. That's that's that, that's so true. That's again very very well articulated, very well. Um, that is that is one of the the kind of the great paradoxes of our time, really, in terms of um, the achievement of anything, and especially health, is that we are. So, for anyone that's listening, that 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 kind of resonates with um, with what Jay just said right there. Kind of, you have this long term objective, and it is really really something that you want, but you just can't seem to get over the short term impulses i guess you know would, yeah. would be an appropriate uh, description for it don't be too hard on yourself you are physically hardwired <laughs> to to do exactly what you are doing which is you know eat as much as you can be comfortable stay warm stay safe and follow the path of least resistance yeah so again because all of that was was necessary it's, it just so happens that we you know every single one of our mechanisms because obviously we exist now the body the bodies that we have the brains that we have we exist now as a residual effect of you know tens of thousands of generations worth of 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 selection worth of evolution right and it just so happens now as you said that we live in an environment where that stuff isn't required where it's not actually an advantage to have those impulses but don't be too hard on yourself if you do succumb to those because that is exactly what you know tens of thousands of generations is telling your bloody brain to do yeah i think that something which has been hugely powerful for me was when i kind of started learning this uh, i guess or or putting the pieces together from stuff that i'd learned in the past uh, in in a kind of a previous life of looking at biology as as my as my primary thing um, and then coming into fitness and then starting to put the two together and understanding um, how evolution has impacted people's behavior now and people's people trying to improve their their well-being Um, but also myself and as soon as i started as soon as i started understanding that it stopped being so much of a war stop being so much of a battle between kind of primitive instinct and the prefrontal cortex of me trying to make rational decisions. Um, And it started being more of a kind of problem solving. Okay, right. These are my impulses. This is how this is how things are. I can't change that hard wiring, but what can I do in terms of my surroundings? How can I engineer my environment to make the path of least resistance, which I will naturally take because I'm a lazy fucking human because we are all wired to be lazy um to make the path of least resistance support my long-term goals by 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 changing what's around me and that was that that understanding of and acceptance of my my uh my instincts was uh, a big part of that it was essentially it was the first step of of actually being able to work with it rather than against it yeah that's i think that's a really really good uh, a really really good idea again make things as you know knowing that we will follow the path of least resistance make sure that your environment is congruent with um or at the very least not this overly disruptive to your your long-term goal to to the object there's no point having an amazing objective to be you know to cut out refined sugars and then having loads of refined sugars in the cupboard as a, as a really yes. really obvious linear example yeah. but that is you are right i mean it just takes a little bit of foresight and a little bit of initial almost like front-loaded discipline to to be like to almost reverse engineer the objective and be like right what's the best thing i can do in my surroundings in my house in my workspace in my whatever to make sure that i i I stack the deck in my favor and and i'm as likely as possible to 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 follow this path absolutely so uh, going back to what you were talking about in terms of the, the the differences between um what you do at atlas and what you do in your kind of uh, online um, the personal brand that you're building that you mentioned and you're talking about you know we've covered the social bit and then you were talking about 
the mental and mindset side of the improvements that people make when they come and kind of set foot in Atlas and spend some time with you on a on a regular basis, and that that belief, self belief, self esteem, and all of that side of things. I think that that's probably a very underestimated benefit of putting yourself through some kind of difficulty um and we we think of fitness as being a very kind of obvious thing when it's not actually as obvious as i think i think people assume it to be everyone thinks fitness oh six packs and lifting weights and going for runs and and they, they think of stuff that is quite alien to a lot of people um and i think it drives a wedge between everyday people and fitness because they think it's for a certain kind of person but in reality it's what what we're doing when we are working out whatever that workout happens to be is challenging ourselves in a way that is that is well difficult and challenging and hard and then resting and recovering from it and it's something that people do on a daily basis anyway by getting up, going through their daily lives. They're challenging themselves in a lot of ways. But I think fitness gives the tools to perhaps structure that in a way where you do allow yourself enough rest and you can become stronger, not just physically, but mentally as well. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this, mate, to be honest. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying words. And I, I'm, I, is there anything there that I, jumps I, out? I think, I think I know. Yeah, yeah, no, 100% there is, mate. And I think I, the, the one thing that you said there that... Um, kind of I, th- I think correct me if I'm wrong I think where you're going with that is uh, it's le- fitness now is less uh, purely based on the end goal so it's not just I want a bigger chest or yeah. I want um, you know leaner legs or I want uh, you know six pack abs it's now there seems to have been this um, acceptance of the fact that almost well not almost this enjoyment this kind of this glorification of the struggle yeah so a session and i think crossfit has done wonders for this and again i i say this not as uh not as i'm kind of you know fitness agnostic almost i don't really have a specific path or methodology that i follow yeah i'm not a crossfitter but i think i think crossfit as a brand has done some absolute wonders for for uh, for things like getting people over the age of 40 involved in exercise. I think it's broken down a lot of social and cultural barriers. I think it's been phenomenal for um, to kind of change the perception of, you know, women being sweaty with their hair stuck to their head covered in chalk. And that's a good thing because it represents yeah. effort, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think one of the things it has done is it has kind of, I don't know if glorify is the right word, but it has, it has basically, it has kind of expressed the message that, no, this isn't always going to be easy and sometimes struggle is good yep. because again kind of similar to what I was saying earlier if you get to a stage where you're like there's no way I can do this and then you know six weeks late you're like I'll, I'll never be able to do a pull-up and then you and then you work hard and six weeks later you can you do start to real you start to make this association between uh kind of embracing the struggle embracing the hard work embracing the 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 unglamorous nature of certain things does actually result in in success and that's a and again that's a very very transferable um realization that might mean that you work a little bit harder in the office and actually go for that promotion that you never thought you'd get and i think that's one of the reasons why people uh why the fitness industry overall is growing and i think because life is very very comfortable there is this weird disconcerting feeling of being comfortable all the time. And it's a really, really strange thing to say, but once you do, similar to kind of, again, actually a perfect example of that is me with my hair, right? I, I, I shaved my head knowing that I'd look like an absolute knobber because I was like, <laughs> I do not, like, I, I was like, even when Jim. I even, w- well, that is very kind of you. I very much appreciate your lies. Um, <laughs> whenever you get, whenever you get to a stage where you're like, this is, you know, I feel uncomfortable, I am being pushed, this is definitely outside my comfort zone, but you start to detach from that and not allow those impulses for retraction and becoming safe uh, to rule your life. It's it's such a freeing feeling, actually. And I think this is one, again, that's another reason that people almost kind of embrace the suck now of fitness and they're like, they know it's gonna be hard, but it's okay. And they kind of like that feeling. I think you're right that CrossFit has, and I think glorified when you talk about CrossFit is the right word because it has glorified it, perhaps 
at times maybe they've gone a little bit the, the pendulum swung a little bit too far the other way in terms of like how much the struggle is because there is obviously um, a point at which you are going to hurt yourself but the I think that the pendulum needed to swing because there was this fear mm-hmm. of this fear of difficulty and this fear of challenge and um, there was you know suffering and struggle and difficulty are not just inevitable parts of life but they are necessary parts of life and i i one of the things i love about kind of fitness as a as an analogy for other areas is that you don't you don't get stronger or fitter by doing a workout which you find easy and like you said it's transferable mm. across into work into relationships into you know your your hobbies and every literally everything it's transferable into everything if you if you use the principle of progressive overload where you overload the system just a little bit outside of where your where your limitation is then you rest and recover so that your body can adapt and then you progress from there that is the same whether you're looking at it from a physical perspective but also from a mental perspective an emotional perspective anything really if you're putting yourself outside your comfort zone in a way which forces you to adapt and forces you to get better somehow that is the only way to improve you there, there is there is no yeah. no way there's no other way of, of getting better at something and you never meet someone and there's no one there's no one who is inspiring who's had an easy life there, there isn't anyone who you look up to and go, wow, that person is amazing who's, who's, who's literally never overcome adversity. The adversity is the key part of that story which you find inspiring. Mm, yeah, that's so true. That is, that is so true. And again, as you said, it's not just... Well, it is, it is inevitable and it is uh, productive. And I think yeah. that's, again, in all areas of life, and I think one of the reasons that so many people are turning to fitness now is it's one of the best kind of microcosms of that. It's one of the best vehicles for that lesson yep. um, because like in one hour you can go, you can get coached through something and then you can start to, to kind of to make that realization in that small amount of time and people start to realize that they are in fact stronger than that feeling. You know, the, the want to stop eating sugars is exactly the same as the want to stop uh, or slow down in your workout but if you keep going if you keep going if you keep going you start to make that again that grand realization that was spoken about since the beginning of this uh this conversation which is i am stronger than my sensations i'm stronger than those impulses those impulses are there uh but my my kind of my super conscious brain is is stronger than it will not be dictated to by these things and i think again that's the that's the truly kind of liberating realization once you get there it's one of the most kind of definitive differences between humans and other species is the ability to take our base level instincts, our base level sensations, like you said, and choose not to act on them. Like we're pretty much the only species that that will do that, but even can do that we're the one we're the only the only species that has the mental capacity to rationalize and and yes i think that it can be i can be again the the moderation the truth is always somewhere in the middle and of course you can be too rational and you end up you know you don't want to be like a vulcan in star trek and have 100 percent logic and zero emotion it's not about ignoring the emotion i just thought i'd get a nerd reference in there because this is a fitness podcast and <laughs> i don't think there's enough nerds ha- happy. Uh, very, very happy with that. <laughs> but the this is the thing right so if you if you are rationalizing without dealing with the emotions it just becomes another avoidance mechanism for not dealing with the mm. shit you've got going on and that's not I, at least that's not what I'm talking about, and I'm sure it's not what you're talking about either. But it, it's not—it's not about going. I'm going to push those feelings down, and I'm going to make a rational decision. It's I'm going to sit with these feelings because they're uncomfortable. That's part of the discomfort. People want to avoid these horrible feelings of anger and sadness and grief because they're not comfortable. But once you become more accustomed to being uncomfortable, which can happen through fitness, it can happen through other things like kind of 
you know, jumping in cold water and, and all of these things which, which harden you to any kind of suffering, then you can sit in an emotion of grief and go, yeah, this is a relevant emotion for what I'm going through at the moment. And it's, 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 it's the right feeling for me at the moment and deal with it. And that's not, that, that's a, that's a rational way of dealing with your emotions rather than going, um, you know, sticking your head in the sand about it. So it's not about, it's not about being overly rational, but it's about somehow balancing that emotional side, the, the, the feeling side of your, um, of your being with the thinking and, and logical side of your being. Yeah, it just, I, I agree. It's just, again, the, the process is not so to, to, to the end game is not that you don't feel these things or that you are kind of immune to feeling them as an example. You will always feel these, uh, you know, these the, these impulses as, as, as an example of a, of a description. But it just basically means that you will, you will be less reactive to them. You will become uh, less kind of beholden to how, that they will have less of a hold on you. And how much of a hold on you impulses have is like everything else, susceptible to training. And that's what exercise does. That's what different mindset stuff does. You still experience all of that stuff. It's just uh, it has it has less of a control over your behaviour. Yeah. So, I mean, we've we've gone pretty deep, Jim. We've gone pretty deep for a have Wednesday we? Yeah, morning. We have. Um, we have. Good work, bro. <laughs> this is this is what happens. Um, so kind of uh, by the way also thank you for steering me back onto track there because that's I, I mean i don't know whether that's where i was going but it seemed like a really good outcome for that for that initial rant well um, there we go there we go as long as it's valuable I'm yeah happy. so thank you for that i appreciate it um something you've talked about i mean you mentioned that um in a conversation that you had recently which was the um uh, it was the tools and horses one wasn't it where you were talking about um uh, you mentioned earlier you mentioned earlier in this conversation i'm tr- trying to rack my brains thinking mm-hmm. of what it was but i was listening to it and you were talking about decision fatigue as being something that's um a really that fitness can be a yes. really good escape from and i'd love to hear more about your thoughts around why fitness is such a good escape from decision fatigue and indeed what it is if people listening haven't heard of it okay so decision fatigue basically is a term that i came um I kind of came to that it was mentioned to me by uh, by a buddy of mine that works in finance, and he was just and he works in kind of the business development side of things. And he said, and basically the amount of brain power that is required for something that is quite heavily execution based. So, as an example, obviously, don't be offended if anybody does these jobs. I'm just using them as an example, <laughs> but something along the lines of kind of like uh, like data entry. Yep. So you have something. You have, uh, you know, you have an objective. You have information, and then you need to, you know, you, you know, you, you need to do something with that information. That requires the use of a certain part of your brain. However, when you need to make a decision about something going forwards, either either in a company or something that's a little bit more creative, that works a different part of the brain. And overall, I think it's more kind of cognitively fatiguing in my opinion and running a business as an example if I need to go through the process of um, you know taking all of my finances from a bank statement and putting them into a spreadsheet that might take three hours but it's not particularly cognitively challenging if I need to decide do I want to have uh, a new squat rack or do I want to buy a new strongman yoke as an example and going through the pros and the cons of either of them whether or not they're movable how it would fit in with a brand culture whether or not our current third-party venue is going to be okay with us storing it there whether or not whatever there's a it's it's it really is kind of an internal game of chess and that is far more cognitively fatiguing so kind of where i'm going with this is this is the world that we live in now that we are expected to make a million and one more decisions than we ever have done and it can be quite tiring mentally so i think exercise especially group well almost solely group exercise where you are where you can park your brain and just be led and be told what to do you are coached uh, and one of the things i said in the nearly tools and horses podcast was even though after an hour of that you might be panting we hopefully you will be you'll be sweating your legs might be aching everything might be aching but you actually feel a little bit more mentally recharged because yes. you haven't had to in inverted commas think as much i think that people think of recovery in a very uh, synonymous way with rest for example so people think of recovery and rest as being the same thing whereas recovery can be 
extremely physical because if you are if you're doing something if you've done if you've got a very 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 physical job which not many people have now but if you do if you are kind of uh, um working in a in a manner which uses your body in a in a physical way then rest is going to be your recovery physical rest is going to be your recovery however your and this seems like more more obvious because sometimes mental stimulation will be your rest so like people doing a crossword is leisure time for someone who's got a very physical job and if you're doing a, a you know one of those cryptic crosswords i still can't get my head around like one clue on those things they're very very challenging to <laughs> to complete and but people like that if they've got a very physical job that isn't cognitively demanding then uh, then that can be a really good downtime for them but what we've what we haven't learned it seems is or maybe more people are kind of waking up to it now uh is that the opposite is also true so if we have got a job which is very demanding on a from a from a um a cognitive from a mental from a, even an emotional perspective so not just people who've got this kind of decision fatigue from a running a business point of view or kind of uh business development and so on and so forth but also care-based careers like nursing and um teaching and social work and things like this where you're you're dealing with people which can be very emotionally draining and and quite harrowing at times uh, depending on what you're coming across then your recovery from that mental load and that emotional load that you have been carrying rather than a physical load can be from that other side of the coin by doing something extremely physical and Mm -hmm. you don't need physical rest because your physical capacity hasn't been tested and what I've learned is that one of the best forms of mindfulness where you just switch off from everything that you're worrying about and concentrate on the present moment is sheer fucking struggle. Like There's no other way of putting it. And I call it extreme mindfulness. If you are in the middle of a really savage functional training workout, if you're in the middle of a Metcon, you aren't worrying about how many emails you've got to reply to. If you yeah, are, that's exactly right. If you are completely submerged in cold water, you're not worrying about why your um, friend hasn't replied to a text message. Mm. Yeah, it's so, mate. It's, it's so true. It's so true. It's so true. And that is, again, it's almost the harder the session, the more mindful that you are because Without you have less because you have less capacity to be thinking about anything else and allowing your mind to wander it is if you are in a um you know an externally led that is to say you are not having to come up with a workout yourself and self-motivate purely you are in an environment where someone is there that is that is leading uh leading you and instructing you in a workout and it is absolutely brutal and it's a bit of a savage one your mind, is, your mind is not going to wander flipping anywhere. Like no. you are only going to be thinking about what is, what is at hand. And again, that's what I mean. You might feel as though you're, you know, you're coughing up your lungs at one point, but it means that you are not in that, in that kind of that thought cyclone that you about something going on at work that you were thinking about half an hour before. And that's the beauty of it. Afterwards, you do feel refreshed. It really is the best mental reset you can have, without a doubt. And it's the, it's that that balance between all that kind of that shut off from the chronic stress which is pervasive in most people's lives by by utilizing acute stress to to kind of switch that off you can't when you're under acute stress when you're in survival mode you aren't worrying about anything else and this is what we've this is what kind of stress and anxiety and worry has evolved again going back to evolution it's what it's evolved to deal with is is essentially survival situations and because of how comfortable our lives are you don't really have to um you have to worry about survival for the most part i mean anyone listening to this obviously there are still people who do have to worry about survival um people listening to this might be in you know domestic scenarios where they are really genuinely concerned for their safety but for the most part the vast majority of people who will be listening to this have very comfortable lives they know that they've got shelter they know that they've got food on the table and all the rest of it um and so our mind creates all kinds of other things uses that worry and stress capacity that we should be using for survival and uses it instead for absolute fucking bullshit really and it's not our fault it's just the way it's just just what our brains do and it starts worrying about things which it goes oh well you know i don't need to worry about this so what can i worry about 
what's my job now? Um, and the only way to switch it back to what it should be doing is to put it in a scenario where, to all intents and purposes, you are in imminent danger of of, of some kind of, uh, of something, you know? And working out is like a proxy for that because it does put you in a physical, a physically demanding situation. And it doesn't, the working out doesn't have to be extreme. I'm, obviously, we're talking about certain kinds of stuff the training that you do and things like that not necessarily the training you do with other people as well because i know it's scalable but the training that you do yourself obviously as an athlete and as someone with the background that you have um as a as a as an athlete as a um as a marine and all the rest of it and as a coach over the past year uh, like number of years um obviously you're geared up to do a certain kind of training but it is scalable and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be really you know throwing up borderline exhaustion workout so if there's someone listening to this who's who wants to get started and they're not in a position where maybe they they feel confident to do that kind of thing it doesn't have to start that way does it no not at all and that is that's a that's a very important distinction actually it's not uh, and and you mentioned earlier the possible kind of over glorification of uh of a few a few kind of crossfit ideas and a few kind of functional fitness modalities that have overly glorified the struggle to the degree that it's like well if you're not if you're not bleeding from your eyeballs you haven't trained hard enough (laughs) and that's again that's that that's where it's definitely that is where the pendulum swung too far um and i think it's a lot i think all of that stuff now in kind of the junior functional fitness world i think that's gone now and it's a lot more uh you know like to think it's a lot more science-based but you are right it doesn't need to start that way and it's not productive to be at a stage where you're throwing up anyway and unless you have a physiological reason why you are super like quick to chunder you should not be throwing up in a workout anyway really I mean you want to be again you'll start to tune into your own body for those of you that are kind of just getting into fitness and just getting into working out more regularly you'll tune into your own body and you'll work out kind of the perfect balance between uh, pushing yourself hard and pushing it like into the adaptation phase and too far into the exhaustion phase you'll make sure that you stay on that line well but one of the best ways for me that I find um, or, uh, to, to, to make things scalable in regards to to how hard you push but to be super mindful and, and to, to put together a structure or system that allows everyone to get a workout is based pretty much everything around a certain time frame okay. so if you're doing like right I'll do I'll do a push movement and then a pull movement and then a leg movement and I'll do 30 seconds worth of each so if yes. the push movement yep. if the leg movement as an example is squats and you're doing 30 seconds someone might be able to do 30 just up and down like a piston like a mechanical arm someone might be able to do four yeah or 12 or 23 or six it doesn't matter you see so yeah. when you use time as the static feature and then uh, kind of revolve everything around that it becomes infinitely scalable so for that's kind of that would be a piece of advice that I'd offer to anybody at any level that if you want to do a in inverted commas circuit based workout rotating it around revolving everything around kind of the centerpiece of a certain time frame is the best and most scalable way to do that one of the things I love about having a time frame based workout as well rather than a kind of sets and reps type uh, type job is that you know exactly how long it's going to take overall as well and psychologically I think that can be really really mm. beneficial for someone starting out because let's say they wanted to do five minutes of a workout maybe that's something that can fit into a busy lifestyle and they go right I'm going to do five minutes and they say right what I'll do is I'll pick five different exercises and I'll do them for 30 seconds each and I'll go through that circuit twice and I know that will take exactly five minutes Um, and I think that for for people who need to fit something into their busy lifestyle if it's just a load of numbers of reps you don't know how long that's going to take and some days it's going to take longer some days it's going to take less because of you know how you've slept or what you've eaten or whether you had a drink the night before or whatever whereas if you know it's five minutes you know it's five minutes or if you know it's 20 minutes you know it's 20 minutes and from a from a hectic scheduling perspective i think that that can be massively beneficial as well for the same thing yeah i i agree i think in regards to putting you know not looking fit at fitness just in kind of in isolation but looking at fitness in the macro as something that people with jobs are going to have to find a way yeah. to kind of to implement and include in their life. Jim. And that is, really, I know, outrageous. I tried it once, was not a fan. <laughs> uh, I think that's a good way to do it, mate. I think it's a, I, th- I, th- I think having like an, an AM wrap, as it's called, as many rounds as possible yep. in, you know, you could attempt, do 10 of these, 10 of these and 10 of these and do as many as you can for five minutes or 10 or 20 or six or whatever it is. I think that that is a very, very good way to structure a workout. 
I think that that's 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 quite a nice way to 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 wrap this up. Really, is with the, obviously a bit of a device like that, which I do like to do, and that's kind of happened quite organically. That was nice. Um, is there anything else before mm. we before we say our emotional goodbyes, Jim? Um, is there anything else? Any other kind of one piece of advice or one piece of, or, or or tip or anything that you'd like people to take away from this? Um, there is, and it's a bit of a tough love one, but yep. for everyone that is listening, just know that I do, I do love you. I just, uh, I, I feel as though I need to be honest about this and it's something that I'm not kind of preaching, but definitely vocalizing a lot at the moment to, to my clients and to anyone, <laughs> anyone who will listen. Uh, and that is don't wait for something to become easy before you give it a go or before you kind of embark on this journey. People, uh, I very much agree with what you said earlier in regards to engineering your environment to stack the deck of kind of odds in your favor of success. Uh, but at the same time, do not wait to feel motivated. Do not wait for something to feel easy. Do not wait for something to feel uh, not scary anymore before you give it a go. If going to the gym is something that is absolutely a paramount part of your plan, but it feels intimidating, don't wait until it's no longer intimidating. Don't allow the fact it's scary to become a good enough reason for you to not do it. And I think that's so important. And I think that's something that as soon as people kind of have that, again, that kind of that emotional kind of switch flicked in their mind, that could be game changing. Stuff is going to be scary when you start. Stuff is going to be hard. But uh, don't don't try and don't pray for this time that you wake up one day and feel okay about getting up in the dark and going for a run. Yeah, it's not going to fucking happen. No. Just get up and go. I think that's that's fantastic advice and so so true. Embracing that fear and accept it, accepting it as being not a bad thing. I mean, w people go and watch horror films and people go and watch films which are exciting people don't go and watch films that are easy to watch you know that are happy all the way through and there's no challenge uh, <laughs> happening within that plot because it's a boring fucking film um what we want is fear and excitement and adrenaline and if we apply that to our own lives and go actually do you know what that i mean you said embrace the suck earlier on embrace that fear embrace the fact that it is going to be difficult and that's actually a good thing not a bad thing and when you when you finally kind of make that distinction and, and realize that 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 difficulty is what you're what you're looking for um it makes everything it makes taking the action uh so much more likely when when you realize that that's actually something you're seeking out rather than avoiding yeah that's exactly right and and, and motivation's a big one as well i think that people one of the things i heard from um a lady called mel robbins i'm not sure if you're familiar yeah, with mel yeah. robbins she's one of the uh yeah f in incredibly intelligent woman actually one of the kind of the top uh minds in kind of the personal development world in my opinion she said one of the biggest cons uh of the, the kind of the global personal development world is waiting to feel motivated to do something yeah. of, you know, creating, you know, writing all these affirmations, putting loads of fucking sticky notes on your wall and expecting to, to wake up one morning and to not feel scared, not feel uh, apprehensive about doing something. And she said, it's, it's a lie. It's an absolute lie. You, you, you can't, don't wait for that time because you'll never do anything. At some point, you just have to take the plunge. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the only time that the fear starts to dissipate is once you've done it and you realise, like you said, right back at the start, that, that realisation that you've done something that you previously thought you would never be, never be able to do, that's the only time that fear will start to um, dissipate and that motivation will start to kind of... The motivation is almost the outcome rather than the thing you're waiting for to start with, isn't it, really? The, the, the feeling of wanting yeah, to do it comes yeah, second. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely absolutely right that's it. That's it. mate so this true. has been this has been an absolutely brilliant conversation i've really enjoyed this hope you've enjoyed it yeah so have i bro thank you very much thanks for having me on no worries and chat again soon yeah yeah definitely thank you for listening to fit body fit mind with me jay unwin if you aren't already connected with me on LinkedIn, Instagram or Facebook, then you can find all the links in the podcast description or on my website at fitbodyfitmind.online. Until next time, stay fit, stay well and have fun.